Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is, it's the 7th of January. It's the first Sunday of the new year, and uh, it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we have, if uh, anybody's watching this and they have the flu, my heart goes out to you. I understand uh, how bad it is. You know, you forget. You just forget how bad it feels to have, you know, something like that. And then when you start getting over it, you think, Lord, it feels so good to just not feel bad. And, uh, yeah, half the congregation has got it right now, so... Heart goes out to all of them, but let's see here. Um, emails. Thanks for the folks that uh, held off on emails this past week. I I was in bed from Sunday night all the way up until about Wednesday evening, and the same will be true this week. I'm not going to have time to answer emails because I've got a week worth of work to catch up on, and I uh, actually typed Monday's sermon on yesterday, and then I've got another sermon to type m- tomorrow. So. It just, you know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, and pretty soon you're so far behind you can't see the uh, back of the car. But I have a, a bandana on. I want to thank my friend Arlene. It's got little puppies all over it. So I uh, came with a card with little puppy, uh, you know, rough roughs and all that. <laughs> so very nice, and I thank her for that. And let's see, our first category, as we always have, is Israel. And a few of these articles are probably well-known to some of you because they've made the news, but uh, I want to make sure that people that don't know these things hear about them. The first is uh, from Mail Online. An Israeli archaeologist discovers a 2,700-year-old clay seal that once belonged to a biblical governor of Jerusalem. Now, the reason why this is important is because there has been a continued denial that there's any Jewish history in Israel at all, particularly in Jerusalem, and here they find another evidence of this. And other than, you know, just reading things like this in news articles, it doesn't make any of the major news, which it should. It should make the major news because this is something that the UN is denying openly, and uh, they're working against Israel, and when they find something like this, the news ought to highlight these things, even if it's just a one-minute blip that they found this thing. Uh, Let's see here. um, Clay seal depicting two figures wearing striped clothes discovered in Jerusalem. Inscription in ancient Hebrew means belonging to the governor of the city. The object reinforces the Bible, which twice describes the city as having a governor, something that otherwise this clay seal would have made no sense, but the Bible actually bears out what the seal says. Researchers believe it could have been a logo or souvenir included in a transport from the governor to another important figure. And in 2 Kings, it refers to Joshua holding the position of governor of Jerusalem. And in 2 Chronicles, it mentions somebody named Maaseah in the uh, post during the reign of King Josiah. So we know that this is an actual thing that occurred. Once again, history is supporting both the Bible and the fact that there was always a Jewish presence in Jerusalem. From the times of Israel, this is uh, the sons of Israel's equivalent of whatever we would call a Democrat in America. This is obviously the children of Democrats in Israel. From the times of Israel, dozens of 12th graders to defy draft over oppression of Fakistinians. Dozens of 12th grade students say they are refusing to be drafted into the IDF. They have a compulsory two-year service over there for all people, male and female. These guys are saying we're not going in in protest over what they say is the Army's implementation of a racist government policy that violates human rights. Absolutely untrue. There's tension over there. There's a need to keep enemies at bay. There is a need to take enemies when they come in and start stabbing you and put them on the ground and put a gun to the back of their head and say, don't move while you're arresting them. There's, these things are what we do, okay? It's not oppression. It's not racist. It's nothing like that when that happens. But we do the same thing in Detroit or in St. Louis, and there's riots. People saying, well, that's racist to take somebody and to arrest them. This is law. This is order. There is no oppression over there in that sense at all. Um, from Behold Israel, 
state of Israel closer to 9 million citizens entering 2018. So they are getting very close to 9 million. The reason why I included this is because, one, I I did it last year. You want to know how the state of Israel is and what the state of the population is. But it's also a very sad reminder of what is coming in the land of Israel. I I, uh, remind you from time to time that the book of Zechariah says that two-thirds of the inhabitants of the land are going to be killed during the millennial period, or I'm sorry, the tribulation period prior to the millennium. Nine million, two-thirds means six million people will be wiped out, and that's just in Israel. Take the whole world and do that. It's going to be a brutal time to be uh, on this planet. So you want to have your hope set in Christ, and you want to be out of here when he makes the call, because uh, it, it just it's heartbreaking. But the Bureau reported 8,793,000 residents in Israel, a population growth of 165,000 in 2017, so they're very close. Next year, they may break the 9 million number. There were reported 180,000 babies born and an overall population growth of 1.9%. Over 27,000 immigrants made Aliyah, contributing to 18% of the population's increase this year. 27% of immigrants came from Russia, 25.5% from the Ukraine, 13.5% from France. And I imagine that number is going to continue to rise in the year ahead. They're really, really having trouble over there. The Jews in France are just, they're just being persecuted more and more. I was reading an article this morning. They said, well, we don't mind when people say bad things to us. That's happened all the time. But he says, when they start physically attacking us, it's very difficult to live this way. So I imagine France is going to be a large increase. And there's a lot of them. There's like 400,000, I believe, in France. And uh, once again, taking your finest citizens, chasing them off, and then bringing in people that shouldn't even uh, be in the the realm with you. But anyway, um, close to 10%. From the United States, and then 5.1% from Asian countries and 4.3% from Africa. Israel was ranked 11th in high life expectancy, an increase since last year. Israelis live to be 82.45 years old. So that's a very good lifespan, you know, for compared to the rest of the world. On average, compared to a global average of 80.5. Israel is also one of the happiest countries in the world, with Israel's Bureau of Statistics reporting that 93% of Israelis are overall happy with their life. Good job, Israel. From Globe's record 3.6 million tourists visited Israel in 2017. So wonderful that people are supporting the nation of Israel and enjoying the weather and the uh, food and all of the wonderful sites that are down there. And from Haaretz, tourism boom, leaving Israel short of hotel rooms for all of its visitors. So I imagine there will be, being Jewish people and always industrious, what are they going to do? Build more hotels. There you go. Let's hear from Zero Hedge. U.S. intelligence reportedly gives green light, I have no problem with this at all, gives green light to assassinate Iran's top general. According to reports circulating widely in Israeli media, the U.S. has quietly given Israel the green light to assassinate Iran's top military officer, IRGF Commander Major General Soleimani. The leader of Iran's most elite force also coordinates military activity between the Islamic Republic and Syria, Iraq, Hezbollah, and Hamas, and as Quds Force Commander reports directly to the Supreme Leader of Iran, Ali Khamenei, and oversees Iran's covert operations in foreign countries. This is a very bad person. If you know who I'm talking about, he is a serious person. He's taken a lot of life, either directly or indirectly. He's responsible for a lot of carnage on this planet. And he has the goal of being the military arm of uh, Iran in order to destroy Israel. Israel should not let this person continue on if they can do something about it. Three years ago, Israel came close to assassinating Soleimani near Damascus. Al Jarita quoted unnamed source as saying, but the Americans, the Americans tipped off the Iranians against the background of intense disagreement between Washington and Jerusalem that had to come from the White House itself. 
And of course it did. We know it did. That was during Obama admin, which according to the reports at the time was so focused on securing the 2015 Iran nuclear accord that it chose to overlook and even obstruct efforts to clamp down on Iranian-backed terror organizations. And more of those epiphanies have been coming out over the past couple weeks, the things that our previous president either hid or ignored, which were detrimental to the entire Middle East. And that guy could have been out of the way that would, wouldn't have solved any major problems because somebody would have stepped in and taken his place. But it would have delayed a lot of inevitable carnage if they had taken that guy out three years ago. Christian News is just a, a title here, and it's just one of those upsetting things in life. Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, they're the uh, liberals down in uh, Alabama that uh, I believe that's where they're based out of. And uh, they have what's called a hate list that they monitor and when you, you everybody know what a hashtag is, when you make a hashtag on a social media like hashtag and you put Donald Trump, it will go to a page about Donald Trump. And so um, when you make a hashtag, it's just uh, saying that I want this identified, this entire article or post or whatever I'm doing identified with that particular item. So Merry Christmas appears on the Southern Poverty Law Center's hashtags hate list. They have a hate list, and you put down Merry Christmas, and they identify people that put Merry Christmas, you know, a hashtag on there. Now, that's not to say that all, um, they believe that all Merry Christmas is a hate crime, but they monitor who says things like this, hashtag Merry Christmas, because they want to know if there's something hateful on that message in addition to Merry Christmas. But I went to their, uh, their site where they have these things, and in one day, the Bible was on their hate list. Revival, you hashtag revival, you're a hater. And uh, Israel, Israel's on there too. So if you hashtag Israel, you are a hater. Okay, from 11 Alive, <laughs> just perverse. You know, you got to wonder what people are thinking. And you have to wonder how they think they'll be held guiltless when they stand before the Lord someday doing this type of thing. At pot churches, these are churches that are dedicated to pot itself, marijuana is the sacrament. Services at the Coachella Valley Church begin and end with the Lord's Prayer. In between, there is the sacrament. Breathe deep and blow harder, intoned Pastor Atwell after distributing marijuana joints to 20 worshipers. Nail the insight down, whether you get it from marijuana or prayer. Consider what in your own life you are thankful for. A man wearing a Jesus Loves You baseball cap and toting a shofar piped up, Thank you, God, for the weed, he called out. I'm thankful for the spirit of cannabis, a woman echoed from the back. And one says, I'm grateful to be alive, said another young woman, adding that she had recently overdosed on what she did not say for the third time. So she's just grateful to keep blowing away on her pot. And, uh, you know, one of these days she won't wake up from whatever she's doing. But I, unbelievable. Can you imagine this? People would... Put that type of thing in the Lord's face and, and just, you know, think that they're going to be held guiltless by that. From National Catholic Register, this is a little long, but I thought it's important because this is the National Catholic Register. They're publishing this article. It is open. It is out there. And you remember when those bishops down in uh, Africa had a little bit of a variance with the Pope and he actually ordered them. He says, you're going to repent and you're going to blah, 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 or you're going to lose your why can't he do something like this? It shows you that there is a real perverse agenda in the Catholic Church. Parish priest, this is somebody up north here, breaks the silence, shares that he is gay. For years now, I have been carrying a heavy burden, a secret cloaked in silence that the leaders of my church have not wanted me to share publicly. So the church has known this all along, but he's been out there in his little Catholic garbs and taking care of the flock, right? And he, they all knew that he's gay, okay? He says, um, each time I had a great desire to speak out, I was challenged by other priests and leaders. Shh, be quiet. Don't say a word to anyone. If you don't keep quiet, you'll be thrown out of here. If you make it known publicly, it will hurt your ministry, Okay, this is National, National Catholic Register. Now remember that. Then I recall the personal struggles of the prophet Jeremiah. So now he's comparing himself to the prophet Jeremiah, right? Who desperately wanted to keep the word of God to himself 
because it provoked such a negative response from those who heard his preaching. So he's equating his homosexuality with the word of God. And he's equating himself with a prophet of God in the Old Testament. And the Catholic Church would allow this man to speak openly and we'll hear nothing more about it. We won't hear any, you've got to repent, you've got to, you know, give up your frock, your uh, garment or any of that kind of stuff. No. So he says um, he desperately wanted to keep the word of God to himself because it provoked such a negative response from those who heard his preaching. No matter how much he did not want to speak in the name of the Lord anymore, he could not hold it in. And then from Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it says, There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Jeremiah understands the anguish of preaching. However, keeping silent, not speaking the truth, comes with an even greater cost. What a trap. Today I break the silence and emerge free from the shackles of shame placed upon me at a young age. There's so much to speak about, to repair and to heal much beyond the limits of these words in print. I am gay, he says. Since my days in the high school seminary in the 80s, I was taught that homosexuality was something disordered, unspeakable, something to be punished. Friends with the particular friendships were immediately removed from the school due to family problems. During my senior year, a friar led an inquisition seeking to identify and discipline sexually active students. After being questioned, I was told directly that if I was caught talking about this with others, I would be dismissed immediately from the school. Because of the culture of shame and secrecy around issues of sexuality in the seminary environment, students lived in fear and felt threatened to remain silent. It was evident that the leadership wanted everything to just be swept under the carpet and to ensure that nothing would ever be leaked out. It was in this secretive environment that I grew up. So the leaders of the Catholic Church just say, don't say anything about it. Keep it quiet. And if you are gay, don't admit it. You know, let's not get people upset about it. And I thought, what an absolutely perverse thing that's going on in the Catholic Church. Yes. Same with pedophilia. Same with getting nuns pregnant. That's right. Pedophilia, nuns pregnant, the entire thing. All of it is a a part of the Catholic hierarchy. It's something that... uh, Uh, I don't understand how people can stay in Roman Catholicism and say, I'm doing a good thing here by funding this church. I just don't understand it. From Islam today, from the Times of Israel, largest Iran protests since 2009 spread to Tehran. You've been watching it all week long. I just want to set up the stage on this. From the Times of Israel, backing Iran protests, Trump says oppressive regimes cannot last forever. From Breitbart, Former Obama advisors tell Trump to be quiet on Iran protests. Several key advisors to former President Obama have poured scorn on President Trump's support for the protests sweeping Iran in recent days. In 2009, when the Green Revolution threatened the Iranian regime, Obama and his admin refrained from supporting the protests. Obama said that we respect Iranian sovereignty and want to avoid the U.S. being the issue inside of Iran. That weak response and the admin's general lack of support for the demonstrators allowed the regime to consolidate power. Obama was more concerned with preserving the possibility of an eventual deal on Iran's nuclear program than he was in removing the Iranian regime as a strategic threat or in standing up for human rights. Critics charged that Obama missed a golden opportunity. He missed nothing. He intentionally stood behind Iran. President Trump has taken the opposite approach, vigorously supporting the protests and criticizing the regime. Now, remember, it's the same president when Egypt and all of those other countries during the so-called Arab Spring, what did our president do? He openly and actively supported them. He had an agenda He wanted the Muslim Brotherhood in those countries. He wanted them to take over those countries because who are they aligned with? People like Iran. Okay? This was an agenda by our previous president. And we have a lot of people that have died in the world in the past seven or eight years because of the the purposeful attitude of our previous president, the purposeful attitude towards this situation. And so what happens when Iran starts protesting? He says, well, we can't get involved. We can't let the U.S. be the uh, subject of that particular debate. Well, we were the subject of the entire debate for all of the other countries that were protesting. So it's a complete lie. 
It is something that has caused great, great damage and financial cost to this country and to other countries because of what he did. Our president is doing exactly the right thing. We had a bad book come out about our president this week. Most of you probably know that. Um, it's something that I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't spend a nickel on that book. But he uh, was challenged to not being so smart. And I don't know if you saw his tweet this week, uh, two days ago, or maybe yesterday. He said, um, I'm really smart. So I like our president. He's, he's a good guy. He's, uh, he's doing a good job. He's supporting the right causes. He's standing behind the Iranian people. I don't think that it'll have any effect because they were able to consolidate so much power at the time when they could have possibly been toppled when Obama was in uh, office that I don't think it's going to happen. But our president is at least supporting these people and saying you're doing the right thing. And then from Al Arabiya, this says it all. Pence says on Iran protests, U.S. will not repeat Shameful mistake of the past. So you know exactly what he's talking about there. It ain't going to happen. We've got a president and a vice president that are vocal about their support for Israel, about their support for democracy, and about their, I wouldn't call it animosity at this point, but their definite dislike of the Iranian regime. From, uh, let's see here, Jerusalem Post, ex-Mossad official. Iran protests mean that the nuke deal did not fix the economy. Absolutely right. All of that money that was sent over there, those billions of dollars in cash and uh, all of the concessions that we've given them, that could have put that country on a really great financial setting. They could have done wonderful things in the nation with what they have gained back from that nuclear deal. And instead, all they have done is build more technology on ballistic missiles. They're working on the nuclear program. There's no doubt about that, even though the you know, the um, IAEA is uh, over there saying, well, they aren't working on the nuclear program. Only an adult would believe that. They're out there spending billions of dollars on that. They are funding terror all over the Middle East, in South America, everywhere else with the hard-earned money of American taxpayers that was funneled over to them. And their economy is not doing any better because of that. So the lie that our previous administration brought forward about how this is going to help the Iranians and they'll become more democratic is is absolutely untrue. Absolutely. From the UA wire, Putin ratifies agreement with Syria on the use of TARDIS naval base. Okay, they've already gotten an agreement to have an air base in uh, Syria. They have a 25-year lease, and they have the option for 25 more, et cetera, et cetera. This is uh, something that Russia does not have a lot of overseas bases as far as uh, air bases and things like that. Well, this will be their first overseas naval base. We've got our presence all over the world, and we've kept them contained. But now we have a base not only in the Middle East, but right on Israel's door. It says on December 29th, President Putin ratified an agreement to expand the Russian naval base in the Syrian port of Tartus, as reported on Russia's government website. The agreement is valid for 49 years and will be automatically extended for a successive 25-year periods unless one of the parties informs the other party about its intention to terminate it no less than one year before the expiration period. The base in TARDIS is being transferred to Russia at no cost. The Russians will have a complete immunity from the civil and administrative jurisdiction of Syria. Damascus has no right to requisition, search, or put a lien on the property. This immunity extends to all of the facility's personnel. Its staff cannot be subject to arrest or detention in any form. In essence, they have given the Russian military access into their country, and they've given them carte blanche diplomatic immunity. That's exactly what that is. When we are in uh, Japan, we have what's called a SOFA agreement, Status of Forces Agreement. There are certain things that we are allowed to do, certain things we are not allowed to do. It's very nice for the the military over there because, you know, you're in the military, you can't afford a lot of stuff. And they have, um, for example, in Japan, they change their cars out just every couple of years. It's a country that does not allow older cars to stay in existence. And the reason why is because they want to keep the emissions down. It's a very heavily populated country, and it also stimulates the economy by making people buy cars continuously. 
okay? They then have checks on those cars, which are very expensive every single year, year after year. All of that is exempt for U.S. military over there, or at least it was when I was there, and I'm sure it's still the same. So you can buy a car over there that's just a few years old for almost nothing because the Japanese have to sell it. So you get this great little car, might have very low miles on it, very good condition, and then you don't have to go through all the inspections. And so it's, it's a real good thing to have status of forces agreements for military people. It also protects you from some liabilities. If you do something downtown that you shouldn't have done, they can't just arbitrarily arrest you. But if you commit a, a, you know, a crime, then you are subject to the penalties of that nation. You can't be stupid in the military when you're serving in a foreign country. But these people have given the Russian military diplomatic immunity. They've given them a free naval base. They've given them no charge extensions on this that go on for the end of everybody's life that's here. I mean, you're talking 40, 40, uh, what in 49 years plus 25. And then they have all of the other benefits. This is a real, real important issue for Russia right now. It goes on. It says um, Russia may simultaneously deploy up to 11 warships in the naval facility, including those with nuclear propulsion, provided that nuclear and environmental security is observed. It stipulates that Russia will guard the naval facility in TARDIS from the sea and air, and Syria will provide land-based security. The Russian naval facility in TARDIS is the only Russian naval base abroad. Moscow had previously reached an agreement with Damascus on the perpetual stationing of Russian military aircraft in, I can't pronounce it, the airbase at Latakia province, also at no charge. So they've got an airbase, they've got a naval base absolutely free of charge, and they've got all kinds of time to do these things. They can build up any military force they want in those countries. The people are immune from, you know, Russians are just like any other people. They go downtown and they rape a woman. Nothing can be done about that. So this is this is something that Syria obviously desperately wanted, and it was something that uh, has been worked out, and we got to keep our eyes on this. What is Russia thinking and what are they doing? It all comes down to Israel, folks. Every bit of it comes down to Israel. From Behold Israel, Turkey and Sudan boost ties, sign 21 bilateral agreements. Turkey and Sudan, both listed in Gog Magog, coming against Israel, and they are signing agreements. Turkey and Sudan signed 21 bilateral agreements. Sudan's defense ministry announcing it is ready for military cooperation with Turkey. The deals were signed this week during Turkish President Erdogan's visit to Sudan as part of his Africa tour as Turkey increases its influence in the region. It was the first visit by a Turkish president to Sudan and the first visit by a Turkish official in over 60 years. And all of a sudden they're making agreements. After 60 years of not even visiting each other, they're making agreements that will affect Israel very soon. From Ynet, Egypt... Not coming against Israel and Gog Magog? Egypt, Sudan relations, because of what I just read you, at a new low over Erdogan's visit. Egypt's pro-government media is vilifying neighboring Sudan over its expanding ties with Turkey and Qatar. Cairo's regional nemesis saying that the three are conspiring against Egypt. While the government has publicly remained silent, the media seized on the visit to Sudan by Turkey's president a meeting between the chiefs of staff of Sudan, Turkey, and Qatar, and renewed efforts by Khartoum to revive a border dispute with Egypt. The new low in relations deepens simmering tensions between Egypt and both Ethiopia and Sudan over the likely impact of a massive dam being built by Addis Ababa on Egypt's vital share of the Nile River waters. Sudanese President Bashir is playing with fire in exchange for dollars, the editor of Cairo Daily wrote about Sudan's longtime ruler. It is everything is lining up exactly as you would expect. Exactly. Now, how these things, even a year ago, we never would have even imagined that this is one of the things that would have said, oh, here's how the nations are lining up. But once it happens, you can say, well, that looks a lot like the Bible, Ezekiel 38, right? Mongolia today. From Aki Press, Mongolia exports 26.8 thousand tons of meat in 2017. 
meat worth 111 billion of their dollars, which is like 75 $80 US. Anyway, in uh, 2017, meaning the export amount tripled compared to the previous year. They tripled their exports in meat in a single year. Specifically, 24,000 tons of horse meat was exported, of which 18,000 tons to China. Moreover, 560 tons of frozen beef was exported to Russia and 24,000 tons of mutton and goat meat to Iran and Qatar. Officials reported that 12 companies' special licenses to export meat to China are expected to be confirmed in 2018, meaning a lot more income for Mongolia. But horse meat, that's really sad. You know, I mean, we Americans, we look at animals a little differently than the rest of the world, I guess, because that doesn't interest me at all. Anyway, um... Daniel 12 technology today. This is just way overdue. This is something I wish they had thought about when I was in the military. I would have gone out on the uh, the test flight with this baby. From NASDAQ, Air Force could test flying aircraft carriers. This is really interesting. I'll, I'll read it, and if you don't get it, I'll explain it. DARPA is moving ahead on its effort to create a fleet of flying aircraft carriers, which it calls the Gremlins Program, with demonstration flights scheduled to begin sometime next year. In a nutshell, it calls for the creation of a new class of small, reusable drones that can be launched midair from a C-130 air transport, dispersed to surveil or, depending on the payload, attack targets as much as 300 miles away then return to the flying air base to dock for refueling and rearming. Basically, gremlins will be flying like warlike Roombas, but supersized, big enough to carry 60 pounds of payload each. Now, I want you to know that in World War II, we would send in an entire flight of bombers. And we had very good bombing. We had the Norton uh, uh, bomb site, which made bombing much more accurate. But even then, with, we'll say, 60 airplanes flying in and each one having 150 bombs on it, big bombs, 500-pound bombs or something, we might hit our target or we might hit a mile away from our target. It was never an accurate science. One 60-pound high-explosive bomb with a laser sight will do exactly what we took all of those people daring their lives over Germany in World War II to do. One little drone can do now what an entire wing could do. So here we go. Um, 60 pounds of payload each. The one key objective of the Gremlins is to extend the range at which USAF can operate in a contested environment characterized by an adversary employing A2AD, which is anti-access and aerial denial tactics. These include the use of cruise missiles to keep aircraft carriers at bay forcing airplanes to fly long distances to reach their targets, and surface-to-air missiles, which make it hazardous for non-stealthy aircraft to get too close to hostile territory by air. Obviously, non-stealthy C-130 air transports aren't the best way to penetrate such defenses. After Phase 3 of the Gremlins project is complete, the Air Force will probably want to order up a stealthy mothership to take care of the role of flying aircraft carrier. Such a mothership, perhaps a modification of a Northrop Grumman's new B-21 bomber, could fulfill this role. Launched from an aircraft carrier, a more advanced mothership would fly stealthily into hostile airspace, undetected by radar. Suddenly, enemy radar screens would light up as dozens of unstealthy gremlin drones appear seemingly from out of nowhere to conduct strikes then return to the mothership and simply vanish into radar invisibility once again, at which point the mothership would return to base, never having been detected. So what you have here is your standard C-130 aircraft, which has been in service forever in the U.S. Air Force, and the back drops open, okay, and they're slow, they can be shot down rather easily, right? But they fly 300 miles away from where they're going to attack. Nobody's looking at a little plane flying around out there, and so what they do is they drop out, say 20 or 30 drones, which have 60 pounds of high explosives on them, and all of those just fly over to where they want to bomb. You can't even see them because they're so small until the last minute, and all of a sudden they're on the radar, and they attack whatever pre-selected target there is. If it gets blown up, no loss of life. If not, it just simply flies back, and it lands back on the C-130 aircraft. That is ingenious, and that is something that could really change warfare for People that are flying on these aircraft that are risking their lives all the time is ingenious. So, uh, Revelation plagues today. 
from the Asahi Shinbun. North Korea, I talked about their chemical weapons advances a week, two, three weeks ago. I can't remember. But anyway, North Korea is said to be testing anthrax-tipped ballistic missiles. They're not only working on the anthrax and the other uh, things that can kill people. They're working on how they can deploy those things. It says uh, North Korea has begun tests to load anthrax onto intercontinental ballistic missiles. The White House stated that North Korea is pursuing nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons that could threaten our homeland. The source in South Korea said Pyongyang is conducting heat and pressure resistance tests to see whether anthrax germs can survive at temperatures of 7,000 degrees or higher. There's only one reason why they would need to know this is because they want to put it on an ICBM and they want it to go out in space and then re-enter the atmosphere and destroy people in America. That's the only reason why they would want to know these things. The level of an ICBM, which it encounters when it re-enters Earth's atmosphere. There was an unconfirmed intelligence report that North Korea has already succeeded in such experiments. The source in Seoul said Pyongyang is likely seeking to develop ICBMs loaded with anthrax because its nuclear-tipped ICBMs have yet to attain full-fledged capability to strike all of the U.S. mainland. They are not our friends. We should not be dealing with this idiot at all. We need to contain them, and whatever our military can do to uh, dream up to get rid of this guy, they should be working on it very, very quickly. From NBC, the National Intelligence of NIH, National Whatever of Health over in England, uh, lifts limits on making deadly new viruses in the lab. England has gone the way of other countries. They had banned making these super, super virulent strains of, uh, of uh, you know, flus and all of these things. Well, they've lifted that ban now. The National Institute, Institute, that's what it is. The National Institute of Health has lifted a moratorium on making flu and other viruses more deadly and easier to spread, saying that the research is needed to prepare the world for killer pandemics. The experiments have been paused while the NIH considered arguments that the research could be dangerous or even foolhardy. It's taken three years to decide they're worth doing. The pause affected fewer than two dozen experiments on three types of virus. Influenza, which killed probably hundreds of millions back in the, what was it, the early 1900s, right? The uh, Anyway, yeah. So um, the MERS... And SARS, those three are being worked on again. No lab is 100% secure, and there were fears about the accidental escape of such a killer virus, you think? And then it goes on and says, plus, scientists publish their findings, so there was a worry that someone might use that information deliberately to engineer a mutant viral weapon. Oh, no, that's not the world we live in. Oh, boy. I mean, I, you, know, you got to wonder why they would even bother with, with announcing something like this. Whatever. USA Today, something not unknown at all to us in the superior word, flew widespread in 36 states, CDC reports. Morality Today, from Truth Uncensored, study shows 27% of teens in California are considered gender Non-conforming, 27% of teens in California. Now, what does that tell you? That if this was a normal thing, if this was something that was just part of human society, it would be 27% of teens all over the world, everywhere. It would be uniform. But this is something that is socially engineered. It is geared by a perverse agenda, and it is being led by the Liberal Party of the United States of America to destroy the fabric of our nation. That's exactly what's going on. It says a recent study released by UCLA's Center for Health Policy Research provided quantitative evidence that gender nonconforming youth make up a significant segment of the adolescent population in California. The study, which is a margin of error of about 6%, was based on the inclusion of two questions in the California Health Interview Survey that were asked of 1,594 California young people between the ages of 12 and 17. Ruining your generation one kid at a time. I mean, literally, that's what's happening here. From Breitbart Orwellian. 
London Assembly votes to arrest and prosecute pro-life Christians. Yes, the London Assembly has been called illiberal and Orwellian after voting to call on the mayor to clarify the powers available to police and arrest and prosecute pro-life campaigners who pray near abortion clinics and offer support to mothers accusing them of harassment. Mothers who have been helped by the group near the clinic have praised their actions. Now, I read an article just this morning from the uh, police guy in London, and he said that uh, stabbings right now are at an all-time high over in England, okay, and that uh, you can't expect to get a call out if you get stabbed. Somebody comes around and uh, randomly stabs you, and there's only a three-year penalty, Three-year penalty for stabbing somebody, that probably means, now I don't know this, but if it's like American system, that means you go in for one month and then you're out, okay? But that's a three-year penalty for stabbing somebody, all right? They want to arrest these people that are standing outside of a clinic protesting abortion, and you look at the photo of it, every one of them is a Q-tip. Every one of them. Q-tip means white hair, old person, Okay. That's that's a Florida term anyway. So uh, there's a lot of Q-tips in here, including Charlie. I'm actually a Q. What what would this be down here? I, I didn't quite make the tip. Anyway, um, so and most of them are very old. Okay, they're standing out there. And they're like this, and they got their signs: "Don't kill babies." And they want to arrest these people. They want to waste the police resources on that, but they won't come if you're stabbed, unless it's you know probably really major and the guy's lying in blood or something. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. I can't get what is going on in England right now. I can't even get it through my head. Absolutely perverse. Anyway, uh, Daily Caller, new soft touch abortions kill unborn babies in only minutes. They have a new type of abortion that developed in 2011 by Harvard-trained physician. Harvard-trained, okay? Dr. Joan Fleischman. That's a Jewish name. Both of them, neither of them surprised me at all. Soft-touch abortions are the least invasive abortion option for early pregnancies, according to earlyabortionoptions.com. The procedure is normally used on women between 5 and 10 weeks of pregnancy, but can be performed up to 12 weeks of pregnancy per a doctor's discretion. Almost all women who have soft-touch abortions resume their normal activities within 15 minutes. So how to streamline murdering the unborn in this world. Somebody says, well, I can make it better, right? Our other category, from Weasel Zippers, this is not prophetic at all, but it's very tasty. Uh, bacon now healthier for you than ever. Britain's fry-ups are to become healthier following a scientific breakthrough, which has cut the cancer risk of bacon. For the first time, food scientists have managed to produce bacon that does not include nitrates from vegetables or curing agents. The World Health Organization currently warns that bacon cured with nitrates is as dangerous as asbestos and smoking. I don't believe that one iota because the chemicals produced carcinogenic nitrosamines when ingested. They have estimated that around 34,000 cancer deaths each year are directly attributable to diets which are high in processed meat. Well, if that's true, they don't have to worry about that with bacon anymore. So enjoy your bacon. Zero Hedge, California prosecutes man for posting anti-Muslim messages on Facebook. Now, I read the posts. They were short. Only one of them had any vulgarity, which that's Facebook's job is to police bad languages. You know, this word or that word. But none of them were anything threatening by any stretch of the imagination. And yet California has prosecuted this person. They've got people that have committed violent crimes that are illegal in that state, and they will not even take them to court. And yet they'll prosecute somebody that posts on Facebook something about a Muslim. So if you're out in California, we'll see where this goes. Is it going to get overturned? Not at the Ninth Circus Court, it won't. But it, we'll see if it has to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Very, very scary stuff right there. From Zero Hedge again, China tests just... Three weeks ago, we had this with Russia. China tests hypersonic weapon, rendering U.S. THAAD powerless. THAAD is what knocks things out of the sky to keep us protected. No longer possible with Russia and with China. 
The art of future wars rapidly evolving with Beijing spearheading the push into the first modern operational hypersonic glide weapon. The weapon known as the Dongfang, which is East Wind, DF-17 for short, is designed to challenge existing missile defense systems, such as America's anti-ballistic missile defense system called THAAD. An unnamed U.S. government source, who has studied recent intelligence reports on the People's Liberation Army rocket force, said China conducted two separate tests of the hypersonic missile back in November. The first test was conducted on November 1st, and the second took place on November 15th. Following half-dozen development tests between 2014 and 2016, the most recent tests were launched from the Jikuan Space Launch Center in Inner Mongolia, The diplomat then explains that the November test was widely viewed as successful after the hypersonic weapon hit its intended target within meters. From Zero Hedge, five things professors actually said in 2017. Okay, our education system in America. One, professors suggest Texans deserve the hurricane for supporting Trump. Two, Professor says House GOP should be lined up and shot. Three, professor calls whites inhuman blank, blank, blanks and says let them die. Four, professor says Otto Warmbier, the guy that was destroyed over in uh, North Korea, got exactly what he deserved. And five, Drexel professor blames whiteness for Texas massacre. So that's the state of education at our colleges in America last year. Mail online. Men are getting paid 30 pounds per hour. That's like $45 or something. 30 pounds per hour to let people stroke their beards. Yes. Beard stroking station at Mobro's and High Cross Shopping Center, Leicester, Stressed shoppers charged five pounds for five minutes to stroke their beard of choice. 4,000 men applied to have beards stroked. Get on board the beard train, folks. It's a wonderful ride. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Mail online. Stay tuned. I know most of you have heard this, but if you haven't, please stay tuned. Get ready for tomorrow. I can't wait to see the results. Trump to announce the winners of his fake news awards for dishonesty and bad reporting on Monday. I I absolutely love our president. He has done something in this nation that is so needed. Yes, his tweets can be oppressive. Yes, he can be a little bit out of line. He's not presidential at all times. But when he is wearing that that you know, that uh, tie and his suit, and he's in the White House, he is acting in the most presidential manner I've seen in a long, long time. Now, I will give George Bush, even though I did not like him after his first term and all the way through his second term, I will give George W. Bush the highest rating as far as dignity within the office. He treated the office with the highest respect of anybody that I remember in my life, including Reagan. He would not take a Christmas vacation until after all of the staff had theirs, and then he would take his vacation in January. Right. He was always dignified. He would go visit his troops. He would not golf the entire time that we were at war because he didn't feel it was right. Okay, President Trump is not George W. Bush. He's lacking some refinement, but he is doing wonderful things in our White House. And he is calling out the news media, which George Bush just took it. And took it and took it. There was nothing dignified in how he took the abuse from those people. Nothing. He needed to respond, and he never did. It was a high thing that he did, but it was not appropriate. He should have called them out. Our president is not only calling them out, he's doing great things with it, as we're going to see tomorrow. Okay? It says, Donald J. Trump at Donald J. Trump. I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year on Monday at 5 o'clock. I can't wait. I I mean, I've been giddy since I read this last Tuesday, and I was very sick when I saw this. But I got to tell you what, giddy. Subjects will cover dishonest and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Stay tuned, he said. I just love Donald Trump. Wow. Okay, I got a less Rick for you here. Science now makes what was wrong all right, giving you better health with each bite. 
if they say you're a dork because you eat strips of pork, you can tell them they're wrong and night trite. So there you go. Good job, Les. And we have an irony of the week coming up in just a second here. But before I give that to you, it's a very short travel video this week. If you've never watched them, this is the perfect week to watch because it's only about five minutes long. Um, Our brother Sergio, who does these videos, did a wonderful job, but he had a highly stressful week. I would ask that if you know of him, add him into your prayers. There's a problem with something that he developed which has almost been robbed of him, and it's costly. It's cost in man time. It's cost uh, as far as uh, his resources and being able to support himself and his wife. So please pray for our brother Sergio, and uh, let's say a quick prayer for him. He's such a good guy. Heavenly Father, we do pray for Sergio. We pray that this issue, which is uh, uh, having such difficulties right now, you're aware of it, and maybe you want this behind him completely where he's not focused on it, and there's something else that he's to focus on. But if it's something that you would have him continue to receive revenue from and to be able to support his wife and himself with this, please break open those barriers and make it possible so that he can get about his uh, regular life and doing uh, longer videos and more substantial videos in the days ahead, which are so loved by the people that watch them. Lord, we thank you for uh, the chance to pray to you about this, and we pray for him and Rhoda, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, One thing about their Christmas video from Nazareth, it went viral. And we're talking, this is the only one he's really had a salvation message on at the end. And so it went viral and it had many, many views. And I'm praying that it had a big effect on people. And the good thing is it can be watched again next Christmas because it's a Christmas video. It can just kind of be recycled each year. But uh, I'm very thankful for that. The Lord said, this is something we can use to get the message out. Good job, Sergio and Rhoda. Irony of the week here, mail online. This is just something funny. It happens from time to time. And every time it happens, it's very ironic. Car insurance company wrote to a police officer four days before Christmas telling him that he had died. So, yes, and there he stood with the letter in his hand. I guess I didn't die, but very cute. And so such is the world we live in, and from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and our brother and sister over there in Nazareth, Israel, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.